So this podcast is the audio recording from the Surrey Heath Local Area Committee's uh, Q&A. Now the Surrey Heath Local Area Committee is made up of borough councillors from Surrey Heath Borough Council, cross party I might add, and county councillors from Surrey County Council. Now the committee's um, purpose is to act as a conduit between the community and Surrey County Council. Um, particularly on highways matters, uh, but not limited to. And as part of my role as chairman of the committee, I have started uh, a new initiative of uh, community engagement uh, through digital means. So we hold uh, now regular Q&As and invite members of the community to ask questions on any uh, local matters involving the borough or the county council. Um, And this recording is of that Q&A and I thought there would be a good idea to publish this uh, in podcast format so that if anybody wants to listen to it in the car or on their commute um, into work then this is a much easier format for them to do that rather than watch on YouTube. So uh, here we go. Great, so hello everybody, welcome to our Q&A. This is the Surrey Heath Local Committee and um, we're gonna, I'll just explain the format a little bit. Um, So we're gonna have a short presentation from David Chesnew about men's sheds, um, followed by um, uh, uh, some questions if anybody wants to ask David any questions about men's shed. Um, We're gonna allow, I think we said 10, 15 minutes for that. Uh, and then we're going to go into a full Q&A with all the elected representatives that are here this evening uh, that are uh, members of the Surrey Local Committee. Uh, we, we also have with us Jason Gosden uh, from Surrey County Council Highways. Uh, so thank you for joining us, Jason. Um, Jason will be there on hand to help us answer any questions of a highways nature. Okay. Um, I'm not going to ask the committee to introduce themselves. Um, when they speak, if they want to, uh, f- the first time they speak, if they want to say who they are and what area they represent, that's uh, that's fine. Um, you are this evening, um, the, the, beg your pardon, the, the members of the committee this evening are cross-party members of the Surrey Local Committee, uh, both borough councillors and county councillors. Um, although I can't see many county councillors here this evening. Um, we've got Trevor. Uh, but anyway, oh, and David, I see David there. So we're going to um, live stream this to the Surrey Heath Local Committee Facebook page. So if there's anybody else who uh, taps into that and asks any questions, we're going to be monitoring that too. Um, and Nikki from uh, Community Partnerships, if you just want to uh, wave Nikki, our Community Partnerships officer uh, will be helping me facilitate the Q&A this evening. So, uh, without further ado, Nikki, if you could um, go live on Facebook, and then we will, and then I'll hand over to David Chesnew. Great, looks like we're live on Facebook. So, uh, David Chesnew, over to you, sir. Thank you very much, uh, Councillor Deach, and good evening, everybody, especially uh, the councillors, uh, because I have a request for them at the end of my talk. Um, I'm I'm speaking here on behalf of a local registered charity, which is the Camberley and District Men's Shed. Uh, I'm going to split my talk into three parts. The first part to summarise the men's shed movement. The second part to tell you what progress we've made locally so far. And as I've just said, third part to ask the support of councillors, both borough and county, uh, to help us in our search for suitable premises. Starting at the very beginning, in 2018, the Joe Joe Cox Commission on Loneliness concluded that, and I have the figures in front of me, that 8 million men feel lonely once a week, 3 million men feel lonely daily, and 2 million men have moderate or severe social isolation. 
loneliness, as we probably all know, is a miserable experience. Um, and it also impacts on mental and physical health. Lonely men are twice as likely to have a heart attack as their health, their unlonely counterparts. Uh, their suicide rate and their rate of self-harm also increases, and they are more likely to die if they lose their partner in life. The atmosphere in a men's shed is a very social environment, and that helps to counter uh, these, these problems. A men's shed is not necessarily a shed per se, but it's a building where men uh, will carry out or can carry out um, uh, simple uh, activities, uh, making things, mending things, using what you might call DIY skills. Uh, what they make and what they mend is entirely up to them. Make furniture, mend bicycles. Oh, Council of Deech, you might be interested in, in, in that. Um, uh, uh, they, they make uh, uh, aids, simple domestic aids for people who've got mobility problems, um, decorative features for gardens, what, whatever they want, they can decide. Um, the concept started in Australia, uh, where there are now over a thousand sheds, and it's spread to the UK, where we now have 600 plus sheds. So the concept is proven and the benefits are, are, are widely accepted. We first uh, pr proposed creating a shed locally, something like a year ago. We haven't advertised it widely, but in that time, over 50 men have shown a, an interest in, in joining us. Actually, I need to correct that because sometimes it's their female partner who has said their men will be interested in joining us, and that's that's not a not atypical. Um, so we are quite confident that there is a, a, a demand, an adequate demand out there. So we have a proven concept, proven benefits, and a demand. Uh, to cover what we have achieved so far locally, we have eight trustees, as I mentioned at the beginning, we are a registered charity. So we have eight trustees uh, with the recognized roles of chair, vice chair, treasurer, secretary, and, and, and so on. Uh, we of course have a bank account. We're registered with HMRC for gift aid. We're a member of um, uh, the Men's Shed, UK Men's Sheds Association. Um, and the good news is that you will soon be able to donate to us every time you buy a, a qualifying product on Amazon Smile, we can be one of your beneficiaries. Please nominate us. Talking about sheds in abstract is all very well, but I've provided uh, four photographs to, to put a little bit of flesh on the bones, if you could, Councillor Deech. No problem at all. If you just give me a moment, I will share that with you. Okay, bear with me a second. You should be able to see that now. I can certainly see it. I'll assume everybody else can. This right. This is the men's shed in Church Crookham Stroke Fleet. Um, that's the exterior. It does look like a shed, but uh, it's a bit more complicated than that, but I can't go into it. We don't have time. The next photo is of the interior of this shed. You see, it's the sort of environment which is expected to appeal to men who have a DIY interest, men who might not necessarily be clubbable in the sort of normal sense of the word. The third photo is the men's shed in Yateley. And inside, the next photo is the inside of the shed. The same sort of thing applies. And uh, Interestingly, you may see that that, uh, that industrial waste bin has got collard on the, on the side of it. The shed has built strong links with collard who dispose of all their waste for them, I gather, without charge. We could talk about these for a long time, but I'm sure you don't won't want me to take up the time. So I'll just bring out one point, which is that these are permanent premises. Uh, it's not the sort of activity that you could carry out for a few hours or 
in a church hall. Uh, you need somewhere definite to put the equipment, leave the equipment and leave the work that you're, you're, you're handling. Unfortunately, men's sheds uh, don't generate any income or, or negligible income. They, they certainly don't have enough money to pay uh, commercial rents which means that they're dependent on what I've described here, because I've got one or two notes and I described it as a, a sympathetic landlord. Uh, and that tends to mean uh, the local authority. So um, the Church Crookham Shed uh, is on uh, allotments owned by the parish council. Uh, the Yateley Shed is in the grounds of the village hall. Uh, the uh, Church Crookham Shed spends, uh, pays, I think, about £110 a year uh, for its uh, rent. And my understanding is that Yateley doesn't have to pay anything. Um, and I think that's the sort of model that one has to, to, to have in mind. It's a challenge. We've pushed on a lot of doors to try to, to progress uh, our premises. And I'm going to read the list here. Within the Borough Council, we've approached the Economic Development Manager, the Marketing and Business Manager, the Engagement, Wellbeing and Events Manager, the principal, a Principal Planning Officer, and members of the Green Space team. Elsewhere, we've spoken to the Square Shopping Centre Management, the local Adult Learning Centre, Accent, which is the, the, the Housing Association, the Defence Infrastructure Organisation, St Barbara's Church, a care home, the local Horticultural Society, Skanska, who of course are the developments, developers at Deep Cut, um, Parish County and uh, Borough Councillors, um, and the relevant portfolio holder on the Borough Council Executive Committee. We've met with nothing but goodwill. Um, everybody has been very uh, positive in that regard, but we still haven't been able to locate premises which are available uh, for us immediately. There are long-term prospects, uh, but nothing which we can say where we could move into there the, within the next month or two. Um, I'm, how am I doing for time, Councillor Deach? Well, if you, I think, um, let's have a look. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to maybe I, start wrapping up and then we'll, we'll get okay, to some I, questions. I will wrap it up because we have a lot of possibilities to, to discuss, mm -hmm. but the impression that you've probably formed from that list of contacts uh, uh, that I've just read out is that it's been a bit of a scattergun approach. We've had no alternative to, to that given our circumstances. What it's a very inefficient way of doing things. What we really need is a single point of contact within each of the councils who takes on the challenge of working with us uh, to find and progress premises. So in a nutshell, I guess it's my final sentence or two. Uh, what we are asking of our respective councillors is that they identify and, and, and um, establish those single point contacts in the two councils. Thank okay. you. Thank you very thank, much. Thank you, David. Fascinating uh, initiative and one that I'm pretty sure every single member in this meeting would would um, support. Um, I do happen to know, because interestingly enough, I had a meeting today with the chief executive of Surrey Heath Borough Council and another community interest group who are also struggling to find... Um, a premises, a location, a permanent home for their activities. Um, they're a very large community group with over 300 members and um, yeah, they're really struggling. Um, so, you know, space is a premium, I'm, uh, I'm afraid. And um, that is something that uh, uh, is really the real challenge here. Um, I think that um, with everybody other councillor here this evening with their permission, I'd certainly like to facilitate an introduction to you to that single point of contact at Surrey Heath Borough Council and at Surrey County Council. Um, being a dual-hatted councillor, I have that, um, I suppose, that scope. Um, and let's see if we can find a way of moving things forward for you. And like you say, um, willing to, who's willing to take on the challenge to see if some somewhere can be located for you. But I think that what I'd like to do now, if I may, is um, allow, um, first of all, the councillors in, in the room, if they have any questions for you, um, and then open it up to the rest of the floor. So are there any councillors here who would like to 
um, ask any questions or perhaps even in your own wards if you have any locations that you, ideas that you might have um, float them now please uh, Trevor Hogg Hi David yeah I'm, I've seen several of the men's sheds in operation so I think it's absolutely you know, brilliant thing to be doing um, the question I would make here is um, how many people um, do you think um, are likely to queue up as customers um, to take a place in the men's shed? Um, of course, difficult to, to, to answer that. Um, our confidence as much as in the, it's in a proven concept. But as, as I said, we've had 50 people showing an interest. In fact, I had one approach me only, only yesterday evening, uh, an, another contact. Um, we haven't advertised widely. Most men's sheds seem to have of the order of 60 or 70 signed up members, because of course you can only have a dozen or so in the shed at any one time before the, the waving pieces of wood around gets a bit dangerous. So uh, I would think probably about six, 60, but until we've advertised definitely it's a little bit hard to guess okay thank you that's a good number so uh, yeah do what you yeah. like on that one and hopefully that some of them will be real craftspeople in there as well yeah absolutely um i, I do know that um a, another initiative locally uh, the dementia uh cafe and, and initiative they um did a cooking thing for gentlemen who who mm -hmm. um had problems because they're partners had, had dementia or whatever they had a very high take up um so i can't see why this wouldn't uh, have a high take up uh too edward hawkins um paul you were just talking about the man with the pan uh, which, that was uh, it that was having the one yeah supporting for some years um do you david do you want something that is workable now unfortunately i haven't got anything immediately in mind it's just really underlines what you've been saying uh, potentially going forward, but nothing immediately now. But what I have got in mind ain't in the best of condition. Is uh, that an issue? The, the, con the condition, if it's a challenge, that's positive. That's a plus factor uh, because it, A, it means that not too many other people want those premises and B, it gives the men's, the men in the shed a project to work on from day, day one. Mm. So condition, and we have spoken to people whose premises have been in pretty poor condition uh, and you can't imagine anybody else occupying them. So that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, the other point, unfortunately, I, I came on a bit late, so I may have missed some of this, but it, do you, must you have parking or is that something you can live without? It's an advantage. I, I discussed this with the shed in Yately uh, and they said, well, parking is quite useful because a number of our shed members uh, are such that they need to drive. They can't get here under their own steam. But um, there's always the opportunity of arranging carpools, car sharing and so forth. So it's not a, 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 a black and white must have. OK. Right. OK, thanks for that. Great. And uh, for any members of the public that are in the Zoom meeting this evening, did you have any questions for David? Anybody? No. So I think uh, go, go ahead, Tony, if I could ask you to keep it brief, please, sir. And if you could unmute. David, it's good to hear the work you're doing. Um, my wife is one of the ones that's been trying to support you to get me more active. <laughs> so, so some of the work that we've been doing in other areas is proven very successful. As a result of that, uh, my garage is turned into a satellite. And as much as the picture you showed us, Every room in the house has got bits of equipment in preparation for that promise under the grant of having satellite sites and feeding in. So I'd like to talk to you afterwards because we might have some contact that could be able to help you. And some of them are on this call at this point in time. But without embarrassing them, I thank you for what you've done for my family and my son with the mental health it's got him into thinking about running his own business. So thank you. And that is a great achievement in the last year. But my wife's concern is that it's a men's shed, not a meat shed. 
so you'll have some battles online mm -hmm. and you must probably know I'll, who that is i'm very happy chair if you'll allow me to, yeah, to, to respond to that um our constitution and our website makes the point that it's primarily for men uh, not exclusively for men um it's actually legally perfectly permissible to have a, a, a shed purely for men in the same way that you can have a women's institute. But my personal view, um, and I'd really rather this recording was switched off at this point, but my personal view is that a few ladies in a men's shed could actually have an improving influence. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, look, um, thank you very much, David, for your presentation. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, Nikki, I'm sure, will chase me up tomorrow to uh, organise those uh, introductions. And um, let's see if we can move things forward for you. Right. And I look forward to hearing from Tony or getting in touch with him. If you'll make that happen, Nikki. Yeah, absolutely. Thank Lovely. you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you, David. Thank you. Please do stick around. Please I do stick around. Absolutely. Now, um, so now we're going to go into the Q&A uh, element of, of this uh, Zoom meeting. Um, if you're watching, we've got quite a few people watching the uh, Facebook Live version. If you are one of those people, uh, please, if you've got any questions, put them in the comments there uh, and we'll get those uh, answered for you. Um, and if you're in the, the actual Zoom meeting, uh, if you've got a question, please use the raise hand feature and please only unmute when I uh, invite you to do so. So let's kick things off. Um, is there anybody here who would like to ask a question? on any area relating to uh, the, the borough or the county council. Uh, whose hand can I see up there? Alistair Pinkerton. Go ahead, sir. Oh, th thank you very much, Paul. Uh, nice, nice to see everybody here. Uh, my, my question is about, uh, about road safety and the, the particular questions I, I have. So there's, there's one very particular question and that is, related to something that this committee has discussed before, and, and that's the Ravenscote uh, crossing or the proposed crossing or the, uh, the crossing that has been long fought for. And I wondered, um, I, actually I can see Louise here, so I, forgive me Louise if I've stolen your question that you were going to ask, but uh, I just wondered if there was any update on, uh, on the progress of the work that's been done to survey and consider that site. And then perhaps as a, as a more general question, on road safety because oh we've lost alistair there uh we've lost alistair pinkerton um highway ah we got you back we lost you for a moment there alistair go ahead sorry forgive me i'm, I'm no, not it's all right. sure where you lost me um just go back i don't know 30 seconds okay uh so I, I, I was also just going to ask a slightly more general question about road safety and i know that you've shown a great interest recently in cycling and with the, with the highway code recently updated, there's obviously a great deal of interest now on how different road users can use that, that same real estate in a more safe way. So one of the things that I've been reading a lot about is 20 mile an hour zones and the way that 20 mile an hour, by reducing the speed limit, cyclists and pedestrians and road users can occupy that space uh, far more safely and comfortably and encourage walking and cycling to school, for example. So there's a particular question there about about the Ravenscote crossing and a more general question about whether uh, whether people would support uh, the introduction or at least communities choosing to introduce 20 mile an hour zones where it was felt appropriate and helpful to facilitate exactly the kind of active transport that that you've shown an interest in. OK, understood. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let uh, Edward Hawkins as the responsible member um have the first say on this and then i'll ask uh, jason to comment as well so go ahead edward good evening alistair thank you for that um there is a paper uh coming to the local area committee at the end of this month on raven's code we have made substantive progress and uh, i believe that we will be able to give some positive news discussions are being held with the school uh, on this, as I'm sure you were aware, um, and incidentally, on time has just been changed. On the 7th of March, there is a member seminar uh, on road safety outside schools. Um, 
but that is that's just for members but i'm sure your connections will feed through to you exactly what is said um but the main issue um i do hope pray push and i've been in discussions with louise on this that we will have some fairly hard news uh on in the um, at the local area committee, and we'll need to get all the committee members on board uh, to uh, for them to sign up and progress matters on the Ravenscote crossing. As part of the wider issue of safety around our schools, um, and it is going to be, it's not all be done at one time. Uh, Jason will possibly add to that, but yes, there is definite progress, and it will come out at the end of this month. Okay, thank you very much. Now, on the 20 miles per hour thing, um, well, I'm going to ask Jason to uh, comment now. Um, perhaps he could comment on both of those uh, things in terms of Ravenscoat crossing and the policy in respect to 20 miles per hour. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, as members of the local committee will be well aware, we have been carrying out a safety assessment in the roads around all of the schools in the area, so not just Ravenscote, but also looking at um, Tomlinscote and St Augustine's as well. And as part of that process, we've undertaken a series of um, speed surveys, so we've got some up-to-date information about vehicle speeds, looking at the safety records for the roads. We've also been out with colleagues from the road safety team and Surrey Police, um, and done site observations, so looking um, at what's happening in um, Upper Chobham Road, in Old Bisley Road, uh, Chobham Road, and Tomlinscote Way. So trying to get a sort of wider picture of safety around the schools. Um, and we've, we've recently completed that process, um, and we've looked at how effective the measures are that have already been introduced in particular in Upper Chobham Road over a, a number of years, a, a series of measures have, have been introduced to try and help improve safety there. So reduce speed limit, uh, new footways, improved signing. Um, we put in the traffic calming features at the crossing point to try and help slow vehicles at, at the location where people are crossing. And the work that we've done, looking at the speed surveys and what have you, suggests that, you know, those measures have been effective. Um, the, the speeds are much lower in the traffic calm section of the road compared to the part outside of it in Upper Chobham Road. Um, and as you'd expect, particularly at school times when there's a lot of activity, the, the, the speeds are actually relatively low um, because all the part vehicles, the activities that are going on helps constrain vehicle speeds and it's much more difficult for people to travel at, at higher speeds. So that's all good news from that point of view. Um, I mean, sadly, there was a, an incident last year in Old Bisley Road where a, a young girl was um, seriously injured in a collision. Um, but that aside, the, the road safety in terms of children and pedestrians around the school is, is relatively good. Um, but that's not to say there isn't more that we can do to try and you know make things safer and uh, easier for people to cross the road. Um, and we will be presenting a more detailed um, summary of the findings of the assessment to the um, next meeting of the local committee, as, as was previously mentioned. Um, but coming out of that process, we will be um, recommending a proposal to introduce a signal controlled crossing in Upper Chobham Road at the um, existing crossing point is added to the list of schemes to be considered for inclusion in next year's programme. And there are some other additional measures as well um, that we're recommending is added to that list of schemes. So um, looking at improving crossing facilities on the old Bisley Road. Um, at the moment, um, large number of children cross on their route to Tomlinscote, a, a small pedestrian island, which really um, is very small and you get large groups crossing. So that's another area of concern we identified and you know would like to to in the future look at how we can enhance that facility. Um, and also more generally and tying in with your point about 20s is the possibility of introducing a 20 mile an hour zone around the roads there uh, in the immediate vicinity of the schools. Now, that will take a little bit more work because it, it, it won't just be a case that we can just introduce a 20 in with, by signage in isolation. We'll also need to look at 
what supporting measures will be needed to bring the speeds down to an appropriate level for 20. So, you know, that might, for example, mean we need to introduce some additional traffic calming features. Um, so there's there's a list of different schemes there, but I've, the um, in terms of priorities, the, the crossing on Upper Chobham Road is obviously something that has been, um, you know, there's been a lot of concern around safety at that point um, and a, a lot of, um, interest from parents in terms of trying to get something pushed forward at that point and there's been a lot of member support around that so that would be you know the priority scheme that we're looking at coming out of the uh, recommendations okay thank you now before i come to richard Tiru, uh, councillor richard Tiru, who has his uh, hand up i just would like to invite louise granger who is the lead campaigner in respect of uh the ravenscote crossing perhaps she might want to say a few words go ahead louise Thank you, Paul. I've got quite a lot of noise in the background. <laughs> Sorry, That's all right. children. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm over the moon that we've got this far, and I'm so grateful for Jace to Jason to to e- emailing me that lot of detail, which I read about three or four times to try and absorb it. Um, I'm feeling really, really happy, and just hoping that it all. Yeah, it all comes to to fruition really yeah there's a there's a massive amount of support for it i know i'm always here moaning on about it but it's yeah it's been needed for so long as you know well um on behalf of the community you know I, particularly my own actually because there's a lot of kids in the uh, area that i represent that go to ravenscote school and tomlinscope uh, my daughter goes to tomlinscote actually um thank you for all the work that you've done and everybody who has supported you um, I know it's been a long time coming and I know that uh, it's been very frustrating, um, but I think we're, we're, we're getting there now. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. So thanks very much for that, Louise. Really appreciate it. Uh, so now that, yeah, thank you. Now, Richard Tier, did you want to say something? Yeah, in a, in a general sense, it's not just Ravenscoats, School and Tomlinscoats and others. We as a committee should be giving priority to all school crossings. It, it's a, a, a problem across the whole of our part of Surrey uh, and Surrey Heath. And we as members of this committee should be pushing school crossings forward right to the forefront of what we're doing and making sure that they are, are getting the support that they deserve. And there's lots of other schemes, lots of very worthy schemes but none more worthy in my view at this moment in time than school crossings. Okay, thank you, Richard. Thank you for that. Um, Now, uh, Tony, I know you've got some questions that you've sent me in advance to uh, read out, so I will be coming to those shortly. Um, But I'm going to take a question from the chat. Um, Let me just bring this up from D. Dillon. Um, and the question is, can the council start trimming the tree branches that are obscuring tree streetlights? I regularly run in the mornings and have noticed how dark some of the streets are, despite there being streetlights. Surely this is a safety issue for pedestrians. Thank you. Uh, thanks for that, um, D. Dillon. Um, the, the, I'll, I'll let Jason comment on that, but uh, before he does, uh, you know, this is the, this is something that uh, a queries I get from residents all the time, and I have to say that generally, if you report them using the report tool mechanism on the Surrey County Council website, um, I think you'll find that a lot of those things get dealt with very uh, quickly. And if you can't find how to do that, then email your county councillor, whoever that might be. Um, and they will um, get that looked at for you. But uh, Jason, go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Jim. You've effectively said what I was going to say. The key thing is to to get it reported um, so that someone could go and have a look and then determine whether something needs to be done and then the works can be arranged if it does. So, yeah, just repeat the message. Anything like that, you know, jump on the website and get it reported. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is, is that obviously there's so many miles of road network in Surrey that sometimes with the best will in the world, our officers might not spot everything. So we do re- re- um, you know, we do rely on local residents to uh, give us that intelligence. And uh, like we've said, the easiest way to do that is through the Surrey County Council website. Just look for the tab that says report it and uh, you'll, you'll find your way. So um, we'll go Graham Alloway. 
Yeah, thank you, Paul. Uh, just to mention, if you're in a parish area, you might find that some of those trees are on uh, parish land. Okay. Um, certainly in West End, we did a lot of um, tree light trimming in our um, jurisdiction area where the trees are. Uh, November last year, October last year, which, um, yeah, definitely improves visibility at night. Okay. And would you say, Graham, that the best way for residents if they lived in a parish area would be to email their parish councillor to get that taken care of? Yeah, they can certainly check um, to see if those trees are on parish land. And if they are, they can put the trimming in place. Um, if it's on county or borough land, they'll know where to go to see. Brilliant. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Graham. That was very helpful. Um, now, I'm going to uh, come to Tony Hall now, if I may. Now, Tony, did, is it is it the questions you've sent me, or was, is there some, have you got something else to say? Uh, it's congratulations to the work that's been done by Louise and by Richard. Um, but the question that I've got in relation to that is for Jason. Um, there is other crossings um, that are part of that. So what is the process um, going forward? Um, and if I give you one that I'm personally involved is the Grove um, on, on, on the Portsmouth Road. Now, um, at the moment, I've been made aware that um, there's a planning application gone in, and I'm concerned that... Uh, that the little residents that I, I know in my particular turning and those that lead up to Frimley Park aren't aware of the good work that's been going on. And how do we keep Surrey safe, especially our young children and okay. those most vulnerable in our society? We can take that offline because that leads into a bigger picture that involves a lot of the people that we're already talking to at this point in time. But if you've got a quick answer, that I can reassure my neighbours that you've got it on the radar and it's not on the back burner, that would be appreciated. Okay, okay, Tony, um, there's, there's quite a few things there, but uh, I think really the, the most important one, I think, for anybody watching this or listening to this is what is the process? So if you, if you think that there's a safety issue um, that requires some kind of remediation, whether that's uh, traffic calming or a, a crossing, what is the process? And perhaps, Jason, you can uh, answer that, please. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, well, it's very much recognised that safety around schools is, is, a, is a key issue, and we do have a dedicated policy specifically around that. So in terms of the process, the key thing, again, is if you've got a concern, raise it with us. Um, and then we have a road safety outside schools policy. And as part of that, if concern is raised about safety outside a school, um, in conjunction with our colleagues in the road safety team, we will carry out a uh, road safety assessment. So we'll, um, we'll get speed surveys done. We'll go out with as well with colleagues from the police and carry out an on-site inspection. Uh, and then the outcome of that is a, a report which um, lists the findings, any recommendations. That then goes to the local county councillor in the school. Uh, and then depending on what the recommendations are, if there are some measures that suggested it would be helpful to implement, um, if they're low cost measures like signing improvements, then hopefully we can deliver those quite quickly. But things like we've just been discussing, sort of crossings and, and the nature which are more expensive, then obviously you get into the realms of needing to sort of identify, you know, funding to be able to take those forward. But the first step is if you've got concerns is to report those. We can then check whether a road safety outside schools assessment has been undertaken previously and if it hasn't then we can arrange for one to be carried out okay yeah i think uh, uh, with some experience of this in my own division that you know a a any money that is spent on these types of things has to be backed up by evidence um you know uh otherwise we'll have crossings on, you know every hundred meters which is obviously not viable so um just thought i'd make that point now uh graham uh, i noticed you've got your hand up did you want to say something i'll see you there joe i'll come to you in a second thank you go ahead yeah, I, I would just recommend to the um, previous speaker also to organize um an online petition 
through the um, LAC and Surrey County County website so that you can get this officially brought to um, the LAC for, for review. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, worth doing. Yeah, LAC, for those who, who might be watching and not knowing what that is, that stands for Local Area Committee, which is what uh, is facilitating this meeting tonight. And the, the Local Area Committee is made up of borough and county councillors um, the, 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 so, uh, from Surrey Heath Borough Council and Surrey County Council. So, uh, Joe, go ahead. Did you want to unmute? Hello. There you go. Go ahead. Good evening, Mr. Deitch. Good evening, everyone. Hello. Um, I have a quick question, uh, specifically for the highways officer, if that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, I've uh, had a wonderful note from Mr. Deitch saying that he's received a number of inquiries from residents in Mitchett, wondering when the double yellow lines will be installed at the locations agreed upon following the parking review. Mm -hmm. And um, he has been in contact with the lead highways officer on this project and has informed me that the double yellow lines scheduled for this month, i.e. January, um, will be done imminently. Well, they were originally scheduled for autumn of last year and that didn't happen, I'm guessing, possibly due to COVID stuff. But then it was scheduled again imminently for January, yeah. well, we're in February now, and um, we're just wondering where it is. Yeah. So the, the double yellow lines are for Mitchett Heath, yes, and, uh, Mitchett Road, yeah, and Belford Bridge Road, and okay. so that was the first question. If we're... can I answer that first, and then we'll come to your next one, Joe, if that's all right. Yes. So yeah, so the you got something slightly wrong there. What was delayed was not the actual installation of the um, double yellow lines back last year. It was the actual review to um, that was undertaken to to see if double yellow lines was was necessary. Um, and that was, you're quite right, because of COVID and, and so on. Um, they, so they have been scheduled, they've been signed off. Um, we were actually hoping that they would be done last week. Um, but it is all dependent on weather conditions and it has to be a certain temperature and so on uh, before they can install them. Can't be any rain or anything like that. Um, it is still imminent. It will happen, I, I would imagine, any day now, weather permitting. Yeah, because, I mean, we have had a, a couple of weeks of really quite uh, good weather. Yeah, the, the only problem is, Joe, is that the, the, uh, that area is not the only area that the team installs these uh, things uh, has to do so it has to fit into the schedule and of course when there's a even one day of bad weather there's a knock-on effect and so on but it's going to happen and it's going to happen any time now i promise you all right and, and the follow-up question for that yeah is, as you are aware mr dj i'm speaking on behalf yes of the chairman of the uh, mitchett heath um residents resident. yeah um, so it's not just it's not me <laughs> um, okay also, how will it be policed? Um, for example, cars are parked there daily at 7 a.m. in the morning. And yeah. I assume parking officers are not wandering around at 7 a.m. in the morning. Right. So how will these people be deterred yes. from still parking on double yellow lines, which we've all seen people, sadly, do continue to park on double yellows? Okay, so uh, as is always the case with these, thing these things, uh, they're only as good as the enforcement. Um, so you can have yellow lines there, but if no one's actually enforcing them, then um, their behaviour is going to continue. Um, just so happens that we have the chairman of the Parking Services uh, Task Group um, on the call this evening, uh, Graham Alloway, um, and um, I'm sure he's listening to this loud and clear. So whenever the next meeting is of the Parking Services Task Group, um, he will make sure that that is firmly on the agenda. Um, is that is that right, Graham? Indeed. Um, enforcement is a, a bit of an issue, and uh, the amount of officers to go around and check all these places um, outside of Cambridge Town Centre, really. Um, now, I was keen to 
see if the parking officers would accept some photographic evidence from councillors as a reasonably, hopefully, trusted source of um, evidence. Um, not that they'll probably issue tickets based on that, but they'll have some info to say, yeah, those cars are always getting parked there. There's timestamps on the photos and they can focus in at perhaps a time and um, observe certain vehicles who are repeat offenders. Yeah. And uh, I really hope that'll extend to continual blocking of footpaths, especially around schools as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's definitely be... on the parking group agenda. Absolutely guarantee that. Uh, could I ask Nikki to make a note of that, please, to make sure that that is put on the agenda for the next uh, parking services task group, please? Thank you. Um, but it, you, you are right, Graham. Uh, antisocial parking is a big issue. It's something that I probably, I'm fair to say, probably get more communication about that than than anything else. Certainly in Mitchett, um, which is the reason that led to that parking review, Joe. Um, but uh, there is a fine balance between being heavy-handed and and uh, treating residents as cash cows. And um, you know, genuine community safety, um, uh, and so on. So, and that's always a difficult balance to strike. We actually only have. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Graham. I never attended the last meeting of your uh, uh, working group, but correct me if I'm wrong if this has changed. But my understanding is there's only six enforcement officers right across Surrey Heath. Um, we've only four on duty at any one time. Um, and they have a wide area to cover outside schools, the town centre, uh, you know, the village economies and so on. So, you know, it is a very uh, wide net they have to they have to cast. Uh, have I got that right, Graham? That's correct. There is six. There's one on reduced um, availability at the moment, but yeah. um, six is the number. And yeah, they've got a wide area to cover. So any help they can get on targeted intel yeah. is, is useful to them. Um, same as the police as well, actually, because some of these issues are within the um, within the remit of the, of the police to enforce on on sure. parking. Sure. Because um, especially if it's an unregulated road with no yellow lines in or anything like that, yeah. so inconsiderate parking on bends, totally yeah, blocking that's... the footpath, that sort of falls within the police remit. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, parking on pavements is another big one. And um, unfortunately, unless, as, as Graham has said, unless there are parking restrictions in place, there's nothing the council enforcement office can, officers can do about that. However, um, the government uh, did a consultation uh, a year or so ago, uh, and I think there's going to be some news on parking on pavements pretty soon. My hope is that the government are going to give local authorities the powers they need uh, to enforce that because it's not right is it that you know people in wheelchairs mobility scooters parents with prams uh, are forced into busy roads because somebody can't be bothered to park properly so um, I think that that um, definitely is something that needs looking at now I'm gonna go to um, a question that we've had on Facebook uh, Nikki if that's all right uh, yeah so the question is from Stuart and he would like to know um, I, uh, I would like to know when the new cycle lanes from Camberley to Frimley will be constructed. Um, actually, I'd like to know that too. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, perhaps Jason can talk us through uh, what the process is there, because I'm not actually sure. I think they're still in the design phase, if I remember right. Go ahead. I must admit, this is not a scheme that I'm working no. directly on, so my knowledge is a little bit limited. We've got a um, separate project team who are dealing with this. Um, and I know it was out to consultation a little while ago and there was um, information on our website and I think the consultation is now closed, um, but I'm not entirely sure at what point we are in the process now. Um, if I'm able to feed that back to be shared back to interested parties afterwards, um, yes, you know, I'd be very happy to do that, get the information and feed it back to you. Yes, please. Um, and Stuart, if you're still watching this live, perhaps if you could send a direct message to the Surrey Heath Local Committee uh, Facebook page, um, just so that they, they can capture your email address and we will get you a full answer to that question. It's actually something I want to know myself um, as it happens as a, a new cyclist. So uh, thank you very much for that question. Really appreciate it. I'm going to go to the comments inside the Zoom meeting now just to see 
if there are any other questions there. Uh, so there's one here from Michael. Um, okay, vehicles from Bagshot on the dual carriageway approaching the N3 junction at Lightwater often find themselves in the wrong lane for going south. They are in the London lane going left and have to cut across other lanes to turn right instead. The signing is inadequate on the dual carriageway and the solid white line at the top of the M3 London bound slip road uh, ramp is regularly worn away causing vehicles to stop instead of filtering in. Could a more solid form of white line be installed there and better signs be installed and improved road markings painted explaining which lane um, to be in for each M3 direction? Um, let's go with um, Jason to um, answer that please. Yeah, I mean, we are aware there's an issue there with the condition of the existing lining. It's been with our maintenance team for some time trying to arrange for those works to be completed. It's out with the contractor. I think some of the problems relate to the nature of the area. It's not an easy location to work because of the requirement for agreement from um, uh, National Highways because of proximity to their network and also the um, traffic management that's required in order to carry out those works safely at, at what is a very busy junction. Um, but yeah, I've seen it myself, the, the situation at the moment with the, with, the worn, with the line so badly worn, it is confusing for drivers that they're not appreciating or some aren't appreciating who aren't familiar with the location that the near side lane is effectively a jet lane straight onto the um, onto the motorway slip road and you can see occasionally people are slowing down they're unclear whether they need to stop or not so um, we are aware and, and we are pushing for that to be uh, for the lanes, lines to be repainted as, as soon as possible um, and you, if you look back on historic images which are available on Google Street View for example you can see that when the markings are in good condition um, the, the layout of the road and the situation is very much clearer. The problems are being caused because the lining, the, the existing line is in, in such poor condition. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I see uh, Councillor Hogg has got his hand up. Did you want to say something, Trevor? Uh, yeah, just to say that I agree. The, the markings are awful there. Um, last weekend, somebody in a van uh, nearly took me out when I was moving to the right-hand lane because um, he decided that it it, it needed to get to the right-hand lane too, um, and then realised that actually needed to be in the far left lane to go to the motorway. So it was some um, interesting driving, shall we say, to say the least. But it, I think it, it all just goes to show there is, at the moment, insufficient guidance to motorists. Okay, thank you. Um, now, I've got a question in the comments that I'm going to go to here from Paul. Uh, we have been told about the introduction of parking charges in some of the established car parks. Surely this will make them even worse in the roads where there is a problem. So just to give some uh, context to that for anybody watching, um, Surrey Heath Borough Council have uh, recently um, increased parking charges in some of uh, the, the borough's car parks across the across the borough uh, they've also where there were f where there was free parking uh, where free parking exist existed they've either uh, well they've, they've introduced a, a one hour uh, free period instead of it being um, free for two hours or completely free uh, I think that's with the exception of um, a deep cut car park. Uh, Atia in the comments has also, to add to that, has said, I wish we were keeping free car parks in Frimley Green. Now, the problem we've got this evening is, is that the, the uh, introduction of parking charges is not a local area committee decision. It was made by the executive of Surrey Heath Borough Council. And I don't believe we've got any executive members on the call this evening. Um, so it's going to be difficult to um, to... Uh, answer that. I will say though, as the uh, county councillor for Frimley Green, uh, with the Frimley Green car park, that um, yeah, I'll, it's it's frustrating uh, to, to, that those uh, measures have been introduced because we know that in places like Beach Road and some of the surrounding roads, uh, Buckhurst and so on, um, where parking there are parking problems already. Um, as I said earlier, I get a lot of communication about parking problems. Um, the worry is it that it may push the problem somewhere else. Um, that's obviously something that we're going to have to monitor very closely uh, from the local area committee 
perspective, the only thing we can do is to call for parking reviews once uh, a problem starts to present itself. So that is something, certainly in Frimley Green, that I will be watching very closely. I don't know if any other councillors in the on the call that have car parks in their area wanted to comment on that. Um, anyone? No? Okay, thank you. So thanks for your question. Um, um, uh, just looking at this comment from Alistair on parking on pavements. Um, pa parking on pavements was banned out right. Uh, certainly it was in London. Um, very watchful in permit yeah um I, I i i so so the we ought to be careful about implementing blanket i think is the comment you've made alistair uh, be very careful about uh implementing a, a, an outright ban on parking on pavements i completely agree actually um that's not what i would certainly support my, my support was option b in the government consultation which was to give local authorities the powers they need to uh enforce where it's necessary so where a parking attendant uh, civil enforcement officer would look at a case and and use uh, judgment to whether that's causing an obstruction or not certainly or a danger to pedestrians that that would be my preference not an outright ban because i think that sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for you actually end up uh, creating more problems with the one that you've solved so uh, yeah thanks for that comment um uh, we got any questions on Facebook, Nikki? If you could look at that, and I'll work through um, some of the ones in here. So, Atty has two questions. Can we have an update on having exercise equipment in Finley Lodge Park? Um, I don't actually. I can't give you an update on that at the moment, uh, Atia. Um, I know that they they've have been doing work in Finley Lodge Park uh, on the Trim Trail. Um, but as far as exercise equipment is concerned, that's something if you want to email me as the ward member, let's say, for uh, that area, um, that's something I can chase up with the leisure services team at Surrey Heath Borough Council. Um, and the other question is, from Atia is, uh, you've not seen the toilet facilities in Mitchett Road uh, Recreation Ground being used. Uh, you're not sure if they're safe. They're, apparently they were closed down because they had drainage issues there. And they've never been fixed. But again, that's something I can um, get looked into if you, as the ward member for Mitchett. Okay, uh, so thank you for that. Um, let's. Any other questions there in Facebook, Nikki? And if anybody has a question in the meeting, please use your raise hand feature, uh, and I will come to you. Graham, you go ahead, sir. Oh, uh, just to follow up something that Alistair raised there, and. Um... Yeah, for um, blocked pavements and um, strategic routes to community facilities is what we're sort of trying to focus on. Um, in fact, every borough ward councillor has got a facility for identifying key um, routes for um, old people or young people going to school, so routes to schools, routes to doctor surgery, chemists, local shops, um, those key strategic um, paths are the ones we'd like to sort of focus on to see what could be done for making sure those paths are clear. Um, if you want people to walk, you've got to make it comfortable and um, accessible for them, even trying to get them to go to bus stops and use buses as well. If you're walking along there with a shopping bag trolley, or a buggy push chair, and you've got to start negotiating blocks past, it just puts you off. Okay, thank you for that. Um, Stuart Stacey, you've got a question, and then when, I've ans when we've answered that, I'm going to go to Tony's pre-questions um, pre that he sent in. So go ahead, Stuart. I'm sorry, my video isn't working. No problem uh, at all, sir. I just want to know who to write to, because... Street signs are put up when they're planning road work, and they are left up for a long period, long after they've been taken down. I mean, right. on old busy road here, you had a sign put up saying the road would be closed for eight hours or whatever it was on the 21st of January. The work was never done. The sign is still there today, still flaunting itself, and it's to sign both ways. So, who do I write to to say, "Come on, clear the pace up and make it look tidy"? Jason Gosden. 
Mr Chairman. Um, it's, just a, it's just a case of reporting it to the County Council. You do it through our website. Um, at one point, we did have a dedicated um, report it um, facility specifically for this type of issue where, you know, redundant signs are being left behind. But I think it's probably, I'm not sure where that still exists. It's easiest just to go through the, the main website and just um, use the report it function. Um, so that's for Surrey Heath, is it? No, no, no Surrey, Surrey, County. Surrey County Council. Surrey County Council, right. That's all I want, I want to know who to write to because they clutter up the place and they leave them there for ages. Stuart, yeah. where about, whereabouts are you in the uh, borough? Old Busy Road, near Arabian Coat School. Okay, because you can always uh, email um, Edward Hawkins as well if you struggle to report it. I'm sure uh, he will get that looked at for you too. Okay, thank you very right, much. He, he, Edward is your county councillor. Um, sorry, Paul, can I come in? Stuart, you'll find my email address on um, the um, on the website. Um, I too wondered about that one up at the top of uh, Old Bisley Road and I went up to, um, to uh, up that way and I thought, what the heck's happening? And didn't see anything. But if you if you send me, I'll, I'll chase one up for you. Yeah, all right. Well, nothing, nothing's happened in a fortnight. So. <laughs> okay. Which yeah. website were you talking about, by the way, looking for your email address? Uh, well, it's, it's edward.hawkins at surreycc.gov.uk. It's on the Surrey County Council. Surrey County Council. Right, you yeah. are. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Thank Stuart. Thanks for your question. Now, I'm going to go to, because uh, we're running out of time now, so I'm going to go to um, uh, some of the questions that I was sent in advance by Tony Hall. Um, uh, so bear with me while I read some of these out. Um, now, um, how do you propose to ensure that lessons learned from the last three years are adopted, um, highlighted through the pandemic, to meet the individual needs of people going forward using partnership and client relationship methodologies. Um, two, as part of the current transition joining services, there should be more transparency, not just lip service. Investigate concerns raised by individuals in a timely manner through the local and county council select committees and CCGs giving full feedback on any outcomes. Um, can you explain how and what the CCG, so that's the clinical commissioning group role, and contribution to this will be how will integration will develop over the next year so what are you all working in partnership explain how you propose to measure operational acceptance for health and well-being of all our citizens to understand concerns raised on their behalf regardless of age and individual uh, ability and finally uh, can you uh, explain how the bottom-up approach has been promoted since 2017 will underpin your work to address some of the challenges coming out of lockdown uh, if this is not already covered in your revised plan and timescales? So there's a lot there, uh, Tony, hell of a lot there. Um, I think that um, what I would li actually like to do to make sure that you get a proper, a full response to all those questions, which are... Are, are very good questions. I'm going to ask the relevant cabinet member or members. I'm going to send this on to them and ask them to respond. I think my only comment, though, uh, would be that I think it would be silly of us. I think it would be negligent, negligent of us actually to um, not learn any lessons o over the last couple of years from the pandemic. Um, there's been a hell of a lot of those. Um, I think that the NHS, um, the CCG and all partner agencies, and I know how hot you are on partnership working, Tony, um, you know, I think they've probably learnt more in the last two years than they have probably in the last 10 uh, about the way that they work and efficiency because they've been forced into that. Um, so uh, what I do know is that the leader of the council um, in his recent speech uh, to the, a full meeting of the council was very keen to use his words that no one gets left behind. Um, that's that's easier said than done, I have to say. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of people in our communities that need a lot of help, um, and of course that help costs money. But there are ways to with uh, with um, linking into volunteer voluntary organisation and the faith sector and so on. Um, but also trying to build up some resilience in the community that uh, 
a lot of these things can be addressed. So I'm going to, like I say, ask the relevant cabinet member or members to give you a full response to your uh, questions there. I'm also going to send it on to the leader of the council because I know that he has a special interest in, in, in some of the areas that you've highlighted in your questions. And I hope that that um, is good enough for you, Tony. Did you want to quickly come back with something on that? Thank you, Paul. I am very conscious of all the good work that's gone on um, through Surrey Heath Prepared and the networking that has kept us sane. But um, what I am concerned going forward is that we've still got communication difficulties and inter-department working. And that is one of the things that I will be focused on going forward okay. because it impacts on everybody and the promises for 2030 so this is getting our act together and step by step but if we slip or make mistakes be open and honest tell yeah. us so we can work as a team not as a team. so thanks to everybody that knows me on this call thank and you Tony for those that don't know me I'll be back <laughs> thank you Tony thank you very much and uh, re really appreciate uh, your contribution there now I think that we are done unless anybody's got a, a quick question they want to fire at us um, I think we're done it's been a really useful session we, we intend to do these on a more regular basis I hope that everybody who was here this evening uh, found it equally uh, useful um, and uh, we would if you keep an eye on the Surrey Heath Local Committee Facebook page uh, we will um, advertise the next one very soon. We'll set a date for that. But thank you very much for joining. Really do appreciate it. If I could ask Nikki to end the live stream and the recording.